Welcome to Laugh It Up Fuzzball. I am Joe the Wookie Riot. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about life, the universe, and everything, but mostly geek stuff. A place where we get to let our geek flag fly and talk about all things geek. As I've said before, this isn't an amalgamation of geek news or a comprehensive guide to all genres or the world of geekdom. Hopefully it's just a fun place to cover some geek news, comics, The Simpsons, Star Wars, and whatever randomness finds its way on in the recording. But let us get started. Well, hey, hey, friends. Welcome to level 69 of Laugh It Up Fuzzball. 69, dude. Yes, that's right. For all of you Pisces out there, I think that's actually the astrological symbol or for anybody who's a fan of... Uh, 69 I, I thought about just doing an intro and being like you know we're actually going to call this like level 68 part two you know it's it's where uh you do me a solid and then i owe you one <laughs> that's not what we're gonna do here friends we're just gonna do level 69 and nothing nothing kinky nothing sexual just just you and me on a late late it's like 11 49 at night on monday and I'm recording even though I need to get some sleep for school because I want to get this episode up. So it'll be Tuesday morning, but that's close enough to Monday, and that's cool. It's a, probably going to be a shorter episode. I do have some geek news and some stuff to talk about, but I'm in the last couple weeks of school, finishing up my bachelor's degree in history, and it's just been crazy. So I want to get the podcast out, but you know, there's going to be a lot of time actually to do a lot of catch-up actually because TV is going to be on hiatus for a lot of them are going to be stopping you know they stop in December and then they pick back up in January February time to catch up on a lot of shows catch up on some comic reading maybe have some guest episodes if I can get some friends on and and we'll see what happens but let's just get into this that's the six and the nine combined or is it upside down maybe it's 96 or maybe I don't I don't know what it is I know it's late and the Wookiee's tired and, and he just wants to get this out to you. So we're going to go right into Flavor of the Geek. Some geeky news. Um, I heard Fantastic Beasts director David Yates. He's directing Fantastic Beasts 2, which is actually going to be coming out November 16th, 2018. But he actually was in the news defending Johnny Depp. And the entire world has gone crazy with all, all sorts of allegations and stuff going on and people not being so great and and you know people are talking about Johnny Depp again because you know there was some news back about some issues with his ex-wife Amber Heard who is Mara from the upcoming Aquaman movie and was in the Justice League movie she has some cool aqua kinesis stuff I, I guess he had some issues but he came he came to the defense of Johnny Depp because you know he's already starting press for Fantastic Beasts 2 and we're just saying that he's a good guy Although there's allegations, there's been no formal charges. And I, I don't know, it's got to be something you think about. Like, you know, is is there merit to allegations? But I, I do think that may not be the best thing for director David Yates to be embroiling his film in any of that controversy. Like, let people talk about it. Maybe he was just trying to head it off. But he spoke really kindly about Johnny Depp. I don't know him personally. I do know some people that don't watch his movies now because of the stuff that came out. Um, I'm sure I, I think that him and Amber Heard came to some sort of agreement because the news dropped off completely so we don't know so that that's just it but uh, I, I wonder if that's gonna affect Fantastic Beasts 2 the crimes of Grindelwald I think is what it there you know we could always see Mara show up with Aquaman where he's like Grindelwald who you were bad to my lady then there's a great water fight of wizardry and aquakinesis and now I'm just doing fan fiction and that that's fun in my head you know that could be great and then you'll just have a beautiful uh jude law in his blue velvet trench coat just just looking great 
and being like, I love that crazy man. I hope he doesn't beat me. But I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll just keep going. James Cameron actually was in the news. He was actually saying that if Avatar 2 and 3 are uh, flops, that there won't be an Avatar 4 and 5. And I think everybody knew that, but I, I guess he's just coming out early because he's already working on Avatar 2 and he doesn't want, you know, when if they don't do well. But, you know, James Cameron just makes movies that do do well. Do, they do do. They do do well. <laughs> wow, it's late. But he makes movies that do well. Titanic, you know, and Avatar, the two highest grossing, grossing movies ever. I don't know what it is if you adjust for inflation, if like Gone with the Wind like goes above them. But he made lots of money. That fat Star Wars money, like The Last Jedi, is going to be making here in December. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how Avatar 2 does. I've actually heard some stuff that's going to be underwater and with the technology that they've created for Aquaman. Just tying into something we were just talking about. They, there could be some really cool stuff. I know James Cameron has been talking about new technology being developed for his films. And that has me intrigued. I I will go see another Blue Cat People movie. And, and hopefully it's better than the first one. Because I'm, I'm not the biggest lover of Avatar. But I do know why people love that movie. I think there's a middle part that probably could have been trimmed out. Because I fell asleep during it the first time I saw it. Granted I was jet lagged from flying from Japan. But fell asleep and it didn't even impact my enjoyment of the movie. So... Yeah, we'll leave that as it is. Another news story for all the sweaties upset about seeing the Infinity War trailer. And yes, there were some people upset after seeing, even though I think that trailer was the bee's knees, the cat's pajamas. They upset about Thanos not wearing his iconic armor in the trailer. And I actually heard some interesting info from co-director Joe Russo about this. Basically saying that the reason Thanos is not seen wearing his armor in those scenes is he didn't feel he needed it. Which is a very interesting twist. Like, does Thanos think that there is no mighty heroes to oppose him? And maybe it's because he's already, like, assembling Infinity Stones, that gauntlet. Once those stones are in the Infinity Gauntlet, all bets are off. And, oh, wow, it's going to be a crazy villain to overcome. But, you know, if at that moment he doesn't feel he needs it, that just that just speaks to the, the confidence and the pathos of the character. Russo also teased that the ending of the movie blew even his mind, which I don't know how it's possible since you helped write it or you directed it. But if, if it blows the director's mind, he's just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. That, that has me even more excited than I already was. And I don't even know how that's possible because my own personal hype train is on overdrive. Like, look out Thomas the Tank Engine. My personal hype train is steaming strong on the iron rails of my hopefulness and excitement for this Infinity War movie, which comes out in May of next year. Super excited. And uh, I think Han Solo actually comes out two weeks after or two weeks before. And sorry, sorry, Mr. Solo. I think that uh, Infinity War is going to steal all the money. So hopefully you come first. Because if you don't, uh-oh, uh-oh. I don't I don't know how we're gonna get out of this one <laughs> uh, another thing I just want to talk about here in flavor the geek I, I was watching videos and uh, there was a, a Batman sound of violence video that I found on it's this YouTube channel called how it should have happened or how it should have ended so h-i-s-h-e and it was just uh, they took scenes from all of the Batman movies so even 1989 Batman Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, uh, all of the Christopher Nolan movies, BBS, all of them took scenes and just had this song, which literally is the sound of silence changed to, it's the sound of violence. And it's, it's amazing and it's great and it's enjoyable. 
and I would highly recommend that you watch it. It just brought me a lot of joy, and I wanted to bring it up here on the podcast for anybody who likes geeky stuff like that. I might actually throw a link to it also up on Laugh It Up Fuzzballs if I remember. But uh, yeah, yeah, the Batman Sound of Violence. Type it in into your YouTube or look up how it should have ended, H-I-S-H-E. And they have all sorts of funny, geeky videos about, about all manner of stuff. Also, uh, Joe Manganella revealed a new image of Deathstroke on Twitter. If you didn't hear rumors, he was rumored to be uh, the villain of Batflex's Batman movie. But now uh, Matt Reeves Bat- is doing the Batman, not Ben Affleck. But there's he put up a new image on Twitter, which is amazing. And then, you know, there's rumor that the character might be in Matt Reeves' The Batman movie and possibly in his own movie directed by Gareth Evans. No, I talked about that on a different podcast, or if I didn't, sorry, talked about it with my friends. But yeah, Deathstroke. Let's see, let's see lots of Joe Manganella playing Deathstroke. And the images that I've seen are amazing and have me excited. Also, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, had a teaser on Twitter. You can look it up. It, it's really not much. I don't want to spoil it. You know, other than say that they're, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess skip like 10 seconds if you don't want a spoiler, but Chris Pratt and a baby raptor. So there you go. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm waiting for teaser trailers and more, but I'm excited for another Dress World movie. I enjoyed the nostalgia factor of the first, well, Jurassic Park, of course, the first movie, but Jurassic World, this first new movie in this, in this world of dino DNA. We also have a, uh, if you did not hear, Justice League apparently had tons of cuts and there are actually now you can go online and find out about all the cuts or you can listen to last week's uh, Fat Man on Batman episode. That's uh, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin of which I, I drunkenly praised in a bonus episode with Danny because I got to go to a live, live recording of it at the Scum and Villainy Cantina. But talk about all the cuts from the Justice League movie. I'm not going to talk about all of them here. Other people have done the due diligence and put it up on the interwebs, but I will say that that movie actually sounds better to me and connected more to Man of Steel and BVS. So, yeah, I I actually wish I I could have seen the Zack Snyder movie. I don't know if it actually exists, though, because, you know, it it would cost them millions of dollars to actually, like, do the scenes that they didn't do the effects on. So we we'll see if we ever ever get something like that. But there's I heard there's a petition online with like two hundred fifty thousand names on it or something. Everybody trying to make change online instead of feeding children or uh, stopping sexual injustice or anything like that. We will we get people who want to see the Zack Snyder film and sure sure I if if it comes out I'd see it. Why not? Also, just for all of my pothead friends, and no, I'm not talking about people that smoke cannabis. That's my affectionate name for Potterheads, the people who love Harry Potter. The good news, everybody. Yes, that's a Futurama reference and a bad imitation, but all eight Harry Potter films are going to be on HBO in the near future. So you're welcome, friends. HBO, and I'm excited. I, I have the HBO app. This is, this is good news. All, all eight Harry Potter films. So if you want to watch all of them, they, they will be right there for your viewing pleasure. And I'm sure that probably ties in somehow to to the uh, the Fantastic Beast 2 movie coming out. Also, just a little interesting thing. It was actually, there's a video of it up on Laugh It Up Fuzzballs, the Facebook group for the website. My buddy Arvin put it up. 
but a Batman Ninja anime film trailer it has uh, English subtitles on it. The movie is supposed to premiere in 2018. And, and my buddy Kareem actually sent me a link to it too and was like, I'm telling you, DC Animation is kings of the game. And they do put out lots of good stuff. But check out the Batman Ninja anime film trailer. It, it is really, really amazing and looks super cool. And, and I will be excited to watch it or borrow from Kareem because he buys all these movies. He's actually how I got to see and hate the Harle Batman and Harley Quinn movie because he buys all of them. And uh, some of them are great, some of them are bad, but this looks super cool, super cool. Kazuki, Nakashima, and and more, and yeah, it, it looks really, really cool. And uh, my, in fact, Arvin said on the page that he he rarely gets stoked over Batman, but 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 anime Batman, and yeah, anime Batman sounds really cool. I agree with him. You know, any, anytime you find geeky stuff you want to share, friends, go on the Laugh It Up Fuzzballs page. It is a closed group. Really easy to join, though. You just say you want to join, and I say yes. That's basically how it works. It's just we don't leave it open. I want. I would rather have people who know me or know about the podcast being on there rather than it just going crazy because someone does a random Star Wars search. We want to try to avoid trolls on the page is basically what I'm saying. Also, Metal Gear Solid is a video game that a lot of people love to play, and if you did not hear, there is actually a script being worked on for Metal Gear Solid. The script is being written by Kong Skull Island scribe Derek Conley, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's ba <laughs> basically it, friends. There's a script being written, so maybe there'll be a movie, and we all know that uh, a lot of movies based on video games are not good. We'll see how the new Tomb Raider movie is when it comes out, or you'll see, because I probably won't see it. But uh, there, there's not a lot of good ones, you know. <laughs> For yeah, there's not a lot of good ones. I think uh, if I really had to say which one's my favorite, maybe I'd say Mortal Kombat. Uh, the, the Super Mario Brothers movie is awful, but it holds a special place in my heart. You know, Eddie Valance is in that movie. <laughs> it's really bad. When Bob Hops, Hopkins, Hoskins, friends, Popkins. Bob Hoskins, who was Eddie Valance and who framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, yeah, and and yeah, it's it's not the best movie, but because I was little when it came out and I, I sort of liked it when it came out, it holds a special place in my heart. But I guess if we're, I just mentioned a really bad movie, I want to talk real quick about a really good movie that I saw. Y'all know I'm a big fan of science fiction and I finally got to see a movie I'd been meaning to see, which is Ex Machina. And let me tell you, friends, I saw this with Heather. Actually, one of my roommates owns the movie, so I didn't even have to rent it or go search it out. Just had it in his book, and I was like, oh, this is a movie I keep meaning to watch, especially because my boy Poe Dameron, a.k.a. Oscar Isaacs, is in the movie. But And and if you're a big Star Wars sweaty, you know, Donald Gleason, who plays Admiral Hux, is actually also in the movie. But, friends, this movie was so damn good and I mentioned the Tomb Raider movie that's coming out Alicia Vikander is also in this movie and and it's a real intimate intimate movie Alex Garland is a director and when I say intimate literally we're talking for most of the movie like four characters and there's a fifth character if you include a guy that flies a helicopter at a brief moment in the movie then all the extras in a scene at the very beginning but this is an exploration of artificial intelligence and cyborgs and it was made on a really small budget but that but that budget they had they used to make the 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 robot character the the female ai 
look so, so damn cool. Ava is her name, and it it's just... It's it's beautiful and amazing, and everybody acts their pants off in this movie, and it is just so dang good. It's 108 minutes. It has a low budget, but it, it's not. It doesn't look like a B movie. It, it is so incredibly good, and there's some really interesting interactions. There's some twists and turns. This is definitely on the drama side. This is not a heavy action, but if you like robots you like artificial intelligence you like science fiction uh, you like psychological thrillers you like just good movies that are directed well and look good and have great actors in it watch ex machina and it, it is really 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 good and if you bear with me for a moment i'll actually look up i'll type in to my beautiful computer streaming ex machina and see if there's a place you can watch it for free that's not stealing stealing it on the interwebs but uh, I guess you have to rent it from Amazon Video or Vudu or YouTube or Google Play um, but I think like the most expensive is iTunes $4.99 and everything else like $3.99 or $2.99 and let me tell you friends that $2.99 is worth it you know get another friend to do that split a split a, a cheap pizza or something and watch yourself a really really damn good movie like I said Alicia Vikander Donald Gleason Oscar Isaacs Amazing, amazeballs, beautiful, wonderful, great. It it is such a good movie. Came out in 2015, and I caught it two years later. And and man, I wish I wish I had seen it before, but I didn't. And that that's my own bad. But man, that this movie's really good. I think uh, really like Arrival was a movie that really wowed me and that I loved so much in 2016. And this movie, I feel like would have been my Arrival for 2015. So so damn good. So damn good. I really, really hope other people check it out or put your feelings up on Laugh It Up Fuzzballs or comment on here. We're just going to go into a smaller, small screen Star Wars sci-fi superhero synopsis. In all honesty, we're just we're actually covering four episodes of the DCW shows. Um, I didn't catch the newest Walking Dead. I didn't catch the two-part start to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, the Gifted was not on this week. It actually starts again. Actually, tonight was the newest episode, so I'll probably catch it tomorrow. And then actually this week is going to be the, the mid-season finales of all the DCW shows. But what I wanted to talk about was the DCW crossover, Crisis on Earth X, Parts 1 to 4. This encompasses Supergirl Season 3, Episode 8, Arrow Season 6, Episode 8, the Flash Season 4, Episode 8, and Legends of Tomorrow Season 3, Episode 8. And hot damn, was this not the Justice League movie that I, that I, that I enjoyed. It, it was so good. Literally, this is everybody. Everybody that you could want doing some amazing stuff. Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, Mr. Terrific, Black Canary, The Atom... Steel, uh, White Canary. Oh man, I'm just I'm like running <laughs> so many more that I'm not even thinking of in my head. Killer Frost, uh, Vibe, who is Cisco? Uh, every, everybody, everybody. Team Arrow, Team Flash, the Legends, 
and Supergirl and of course her wonderful sister Alex and there there's just this is amazing they did exactly what I was hoping they would do this is a true four-part crossover they the none of the episodes are just centric to what you would be watching in that episode that was one of the things that I had an issue with with the the, the last one they said it was a four part it was only a three part because Supergirl didn't have anything to do with it instead of being pulled in at the end the Dominator story was cool but every episode was more centric to, to the Flash or the Arrow or Legends of Tomorrow and I mean there might have been a little bit of that I'm sure somebody could argue that there was a little bit about that but man I it was just so so incredibly damn good friends it it just wowed me I mean there's just so many little easter eggs in there callbacks to things in previous seasons romance you know the the wedding of uh barry and iris you know plays into the story um firestorm the you know they keep going with that storyline and legends and wow there's some stuff that goes down that i called but i was just like oh no and you know romance there's there's straight romance there's gay romance there's there's uh, Nazis. They're fighting Nazis. The whole time they're fighting Nazis. And, and you know, return of characters and just amazing stuff. And, and the Ray, a new character for us to look at. Who knows, who knows how that'll play out in the future. I think, in fact, the only person who was not in, in this crisis on Earth X was Ralph Dibney. Ralph Dibney apparently is not enmeshed enough into the Flash to, to play a part in the story. And uh, I will I will spoil Superman does not show up either, which is great because I didn't want him to overshadow Kara, although he is mentioned in it. And over, it was just so freaking amazing. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I really don't want to spoil it. Uh, maybe I'll talk about it at another time. Actually, probably whenever Danny finally comes on, he'll probably want to have some talking about that. He went to go see Justice League and he was actually really mad and he'll have to forgive me. I just wanted to share his thoughts from a text because it made me laugh because I could feel the anger. He said, JL was a complete waste of my time. Justice League, of course, is a massive franchise film that costs a reported $300 million to make, runs 120 minutes. CW's Crisis on Earth X event, meanwhile, spanned about 160 total minutes across four episodes and cost a whole lot less. In general, an hour-long TV drama on the high side carries a $5 million price tag. WB has no excuses and uh and i do agree with him it it uh so good poor danny went to go see justice league for comparison and now just wants an angry rant like justice league loses to this four-part crossover and yes they probably spent 20 million dollars on on four hours minus you know commercials whatever 160 minutes of television and they they beat they had a better story they had more heart they they brought it all to resolution and it was so damn good and and really friends if you can if you can grab this right now on the CW app since uh, it was last week you can watch it for free download the CW app and you can watch the four parter for free but they don't keep episodes on there forever so do yourself a favor and watch the DCW crossover that's all the television that I watched last week I apologize, I will catch up on Walking Dead, so when we do the next episode on Monday, I'll have two episodes of Walking Dead 
I will have watched Agents of Shield, and maybe maybe I'll even watch all the Gotham episodes that I haven't seen, and maybe even finish the Inhumans and watch some Runaways on Hulu. Who knows? But I will be catching up on TV. I promise. I just I, like I said, I wanted to get this episode out to you. But what I did do actually when I was spending time away from school is I read some comics. I had a little bit of money hit me from a, a grant for school that I'd already spent my own personal money, so I treated myself to a couple comics. The very first one to talk about is not something I treated. This is just my friend Kareem being amazing. I covered all those metal comics in the last episode, but I did not get to read Batman the Red Death, which is one of the metal tie-ins for one of the seven evil Dark Knight, dark nightmares, if you will. And... Uh, Kareem had an extra issue, and like a good bud, he gave it to me so I could own it and I could read it. This is written by Joshua Williamson with art by Carmine, DG, and Domenico, color by Ivan Placentia. And this is actually a team that is my favorite that's working on Flash comics right now. I really like when they get together. Joshua Williamson, of course, is the writer of Flash, but when DG and Domenico and Placentia get together, I just always enjoy the art. And this, this is the dark multiverse Batman who is connected to the Flash. And, and, you know, Batman gets the speed force, but it, it's not, he's not like Barry, he's not struck by lightning. He, he has to find a way to get the speed force. If you know anything about Batman, sometimes he can be a dick, and, and this Batman is a dick. And it does involve Barry Allen, and, you know, Barry Allen has a speed force, and now Batman does. So just put two and two together, but they actually do it in a really interesting way. Actually adds a couple extra dimensions to this Dark Nightmare. And, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. You'll actually hear crinkling as I pull it out of the plastic to see if there's anything else I really wanted to talk about. I, at the very beginning, has a really cool shot of the dark multiverse and what that means. And then you just, you just follow, you get to find out the story of how he became the Red Death, how he became the Batman speedster. And then you get to some connections for, you know, the other bad Batman. And yeah, it's 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 just a really good issue. I really I like Josh Williamson's storytelling, and he did he did a really good job with this story, and and, and I loved it. I thought it was really good. I, I really liked that when the Red Death moves around, instead of just you know Barry's red blur, there's actually these weird bats to go there. There's there's a nice interesting twist that that ends up in there, and of course then you find out why why you know the Red Death has affected some stuff in in Central City and it's just beautiful I'm a big Flash fan so of course I, I wanted to read what was going on with Barry Allen and and his his nemeses since I read more about that also treating myself I was really excited and I'll just throw it out there on Front Street Barnes & Noble right now again if you buy two of their DC or Marvel trades you get one for free so if you find you know three books that are $19.99 and you buy all three, you're only going to pay for two of them. And that's a really freaking awesome deal. So what I did was I treated myself to a five-part group of trades, which basically include everything. The Death of Superman, Funeral for a Friend, Reign of the Superman, Superman Returns, and Doomsday. And, and got them for myself. All five issues, if you put them together, actually do the Superman symbol on the spine where it's bleeding. It's amazing. But the reason I picked this up 
is somebody was talking about it was like the 25th anniversary of it because these came out December 1992 since we're in 2017 it's been 25 years but these are the very first DC comics that I remember ever owning and reading would have put me at 12 years old picked it up at the comic book store down by where I lived and and my mom picked up you know would go with me to find issues we would get variant covers I don't know if these issues are still in storage I think they're in my mom's storage but I don't know but I picked up the collection because I'm like you know what I want to reread these I've, I've I've read them initially and then I think I've reread them once or twice in between but it's it's been a while but 25 years later coming at the death of Superman which is the first trade we'll talk about it includes issues of action comics 18 to 20 adventures of Superman 496 to 498 Superman 73 to 75 and Superman the Man of Steel 17 to 19 writers include lots of names Dan Jurgens, Jerry Ordway Louise Simonson and Roger Stern pencilers John Bogdanov Tom Grummet Jackson Guise or Juice Dan Jurgens, Inkers, Brett Breeding, Rick Burchett, Doug Hazelwood, Dennis Janke, and Dennis Rodier, and then colorist Gene D'Angelo and Glenn Whitmore. I, I debated separating each of these people out by the by the issue that they read, but I was just so riveted going through it. I just did the collection of all of them, and let let me tell you, Death of Superman is everything that I remembered. It, it starts off a little hokey with Underworlders, but then it goes right into doomsday appearing and justice league squaring off with him and then the big fight with superman versus doomsday and then of course it's not a spoiler because the name of the name of the damn comic is death of superman superman dies killing doomsday and and it's it's just really great i actually love to the comic it is so dated in the 90s and my youth because they make mentions to I don't know if this was just a funeral for a friend or for this but VCRs and uh, I think at the beginning of funeral for a friend Bill Clinton shows up and and there's just all sorts of things that sort of date it but there there's even in the back this really great collection of, of world without a Superman it's uh, the news time special issue and it's all sorts of fake articles made and ads for for you know Cole Brown for Soder Cola and Wayne Tech, and I I just love this so much. And I'll say, of of everything, just go go check out you know the Doomsday issue that that finishes it off with the iconic fight between Superman and Doomsday. But also seeing him square off against Guy Gardner and Blood Rain. And ice and 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 everybody is really amazing, you know. And then because it's older comics, they do some really great stuff like side characters being involved, you know, fighting Doomsday, and the whole time it's a Midwest Ohio house that's being torn apart. But you know, I'd forgotten that initially Doomsday's fighting with his hand tied behind his back. I'd forgotten some some little things like I knew the the overall story, but just just really enjoying it and you know I, I i ted cord's blue beetles in there and booster gold and all and all his beautifulness is in there and and it, it, it you got lex luthor the second with his red beard and his red hair and uh supergirl also in there although it's matrix supergirl if that doesn't mean anything to you you got to look it up because it pays off in a big panel where you're like what the hell but it's it's just so good and I thought that would be all that I would read before I did this podcast but then 
I was like, you know what? I got to keep going. And I read the next one, number two, which is Funeral for a Friend. And Funeral for a Friend had me going too. It's, what does that collect? It collects Action Comics 685 to 686, Adventures of Superman 498 to 500, Justice League America number 70, Legacy of Superman number one, Supergirl and Team Luther special number one, Superman number 76 to 77, and Superman the Man of Steel numbers 20 and 21. Writers Dan Jurgens, Carl Kessel, William Messner Loebs, Jerry Ordway, Louise Simonson, and Roger Stern. Pencilers John Bogdanoff, June Brigman, Rick Burchett, Tom Grummet, Jackson Dweese, Dennis Janke, Dan Jurgens, Dennis Rodier, Walter Simonson, and Kurt Swan. Inkers, Brett Breeding, Butch Dweese, Doug Hazelwood, Mike Mocklin, Ande Parks, Dennis Rodier, Joseph Rubenstein, Trevor Scott, and Walter Simonson, and then colorist Gene D'Angelo and Glenn Whitmore. It is thicker, actually, the, the death of Superman, if I uh, just go to the page numbers, goes to like 207, 210, and Funeral for a Friend, if we go down the bottom, I'm actually flipping pages, this is good podcasting, friend, actually goes to 360... 368 so yeah it's almost twice as thick and i will tell you funeral for a friend like death of superman is amazing but there are moments in funeral for a friend where i found myself welling up there there is some heart breaking writing that goes on in here lots of stuff for lex luthor and supergirl uh they're all of the superheroes just and the world just dealing with what the death of superman means and then there's some drama that goes on for jonathan and martha kent and you know lana lang and lois and then there's some memory flashbacks to a younger clark and there's some some future stuff going on it it just really is amazing uh crime buster shows up and is dealing the underworlders show up again too there's grave robbery and cadmus labs and star labs and and really it's it's just crazy amazing one of my favorite panels though is a horse-drawn you know funeral funeral procession with the flag the american flag on superman's grave and then all of the heroes behind you know batman and robin and wonder woman and her and her star-spangled Spanx and flash and and everybody, you know, Shazam's there. Every everybody's there. It's just literally a who's who, and they're all figuring out. And even even the teenager from the house in Ohio that got destroyed during the the fight with Doomsday and Death of Superman shows up for a hot minute. And then of course you're gonna have stuff like I said, stuff going on with Lois, but also for Jimmy Olsen. And then I think uh, another Green Lantern shows up. I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one it is. It's not. I don't think it's Hal Jordan, but it's not Guy Gardner because Guy Gardner's not Green Lantern at this point. But Hawkman shows up, and Green Arrow, and Black Canary, and like I said, Bill Clinton, and and Hillary Clinton when she was the first lady are in there, and and it's it's just amazing, and the stuff with uh, Gangbusters is amazing. And and I just really enjoyed it. Also, I think what uh no, I can't think of the name right now, but uh, another another super all all sorts of different superheroes just show up and make cameos, and it it just really is great. All of the all of the art is beautiful. The stuff with Jonathan Kent 
and and Superman and the afterlife. No, that's not a spoiler. It's just there's there's just some images where they they change the coloring and it's just quite beautiful. And I love I love one of the things I really love about these comics is you heard like gigantic teams as you hear the comic fall on the ground, but you hear these gigantic teams, but the storytelling is I don't know if it feels seamless to me, but I'm probably not impartial, but they all match up. And, and it just feels like one big team that is loving on this and, and doing their due diligence and making sure that this just all fits together. And it, it's so beautiful. It's so incredibly beautiful. And I'm really looking forward to reading the third, fourth, and fifth trade that will just round out this entire thing. And I laugh at myself because Lord knows... I have enough comics that I haven't read that I need to catch up with. I don't need to be buying trades to to add to my pile of comics. In fact, I have the comics I need to read, and then Danny loaned me issues 1 to 24 of Thor, and then I have like the entire Annihilation Wave comics. There's like, this huge freaking three-inch stack of comics that Blue loaned me to read, which I'll probably read during my, my break between school. But I have lots and lots of comics to read. And Lord knows I shouldn't have bought some trades, but I did. I did. I spoiled myself because sometimes you just got to spoil yourself. But we, we're not done yet. I have one more trade to talk about, friends. Isn't that crazy? One more freaking trade, and that is Batman the Dark Knight Master Race. I had told myself that I wanted to pick this up when it was all collected, and it finally is. It collects the full nine-issue series of Dark Knight Master Race and all of the mini comic tie-ins that were called The Dark Knight Universe Presents. The the main story, the, or the entire thing, is written by Frank Miller, Brian Azzarello. The main series is pencils by Andy Kubert, inked by Klaus Johnson, colors by Brad Anderson. The tie-in artists, so for that entire Dark Knight Universe Presents, the artists include Frank Miller, Eduardo Rizzo, and John Romita Jr., and the colorists include Alex Sinclair and Trish Mulvihill. And I, this is this is a good story. So the Dark Knight, uh, the Dark Knight Returns, amazing, beautiful, seminal classic of Batman. I've talked about it here on the podcast. Dark Knight Strikes Back, eh, it was okay. I didn't think it was so great. What this does is this takes the Dark Knight Strikes Back and takes it more into the world of the Dark Knight Returns. And, and it's just amazing. I'm, I mean, I guess it's a spoiler, but there's no way really to talk about it. Basically, this involves the shrunken city of Kandor and what would happen if some of those, uh, if some of those Kryptonians became full size and what would happen with the earth. It deals with old Batman, deals with uh, his new Robin, who is not a Robin. Actually, damn it, I should, I should have actually written down some character names. But you remember her as uh, being a cheetah girl or whatever. But she is now not, I don't know if successor to Batman in her own right is the right way to say. Um, but she, she is definitely a full-fledged partner in Batman's escapades. Superman, of course, Kal-El, the last son of Krypton, plays into this. Wonder Woman is in there. Lara, who, if you don't know, is the daughter of of Wonder Woman and and Superman plays it in a big way. There are the Kandorians who are in there and and characters that you remember from Dark Knight Returns and from Dark Knight Strikes Back. And I, I just it, it it's so incredibly good. There there's uh, sort of an appearance by Joker at some point. Uh, 
yeah, <laughs> there's there's Greek mythology things for dealing with Superman, uh, and it just really there's now you, you know you've got Commissioner Yandel is in there, and Carrie Kelly is a name that I couldn't think of is actually involved in here, but it, it it's a really good story. It, Frank Miller has a style all his own. The art is definitely right along those lines, but it's not so splashy and crazy. Where it does get splashy and crazy is in those The Dark Knight Presents, where which are the in-betweens, but those are okay because you know, take them or leave them. They actually they don't have to be there in the story, but they sort of act as nice little like breaks when you're reading the story, and they're really short. They are mini-comics. Um, I really enjoy the stuff that they did with Lara. I like a lot of the ideas that they did with Batman and Kal-El. Uh, there's some stuff with Green Lantern in here, which is really amazing. Lot, it's bloody. It's violent. Uh, there's curse words. And they also throw in, there's some really nice, like, it's funny because I was thinking reading this after I had read Death of Superman, that they threw in stuff here, which actually ties it into our, our modern day. There's text bubbles where people are writing in, like, in abbreviated text stuff. Uh, Donald Trump actually has a couple panels in there. Other other celebrities are on there, like uh, what is it, uh, O'Brien, and they they just they throw in things which tie it in to say like it's you know it's timely, I guess if you will. And in 25 years, somebody would be like, what what is that? What is that technology that they're using? It won't be VCR, so to speak, like like funeral for a friend, but. You know, it, it they'll have things in there, but I, I really think none of that stuff actually dates this. Aquaman's in here, because really, a Flash is in the story at one point, because while it is a Batman story, it's a big, you know, tie-in, all of the heroes and what's going on. One, if I The only really negative thing I, I could say at all about this entire thing, I was not a big fan of the way Wonder Woman was drawn, but I actually thought about it. I'm one of those people that I'm really picky about how Wonder Woman is drawn. Uh, they, they did do the Star Spangled Sphinx, but where I liked it in the Superman and the classic way, I guess I, I just didn't like the way it was drawn. But it's okay because it didn't. I just, with the way she was drawn aside, the storyline was good. And I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a big old thick book, friends. Uh, I think the collection, it cost uh, $29.99, but it didn't cost me that much because I did the Barnes & Noble deal, like I said. But when it's all done, no, there's not page numbers at the bottom. Of course there's not. But uh, it's thicker than Funeral for a Friend. How about that? And this one is hardbound. And it, it's good. And I actually could see the way this ends. Frank Miller continuing this story and doing some more stuff. And I, I think that would be really interesting. I don't know if it'll just be a trilogy. But it, it's really good. If you fell off, the, fell off the wagon with Dark Knight Strikes Back, come back on. And if we're friends, yes, I'll let you borrow it. Just let me know. When you want to borrow it, and I'll let you, as long as you only have it for a little bit, it was really good. But I'm going to take a, a little sip of my drink. That was a big sip, actually. Throat's like 99.9% parched. But that takes us to our last little segment. I thought this was going to be a shorter episode, but it's not. We'll just do a little Let the Wookiee Win Star Wars. I didn't mention it, actually, on the last episode I wanted to. If you're a fan of Star Tours at Disneyland, and they also have it in Florida at Hollywood Studios, there's been some changes to it. They actually added a crate scene from The Last Jedi, which if you don't know from the trailer is the, the, red, the red sand planet. I hate red sand. It gets everywhere. and It's even worse. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but what they've done 
is there will no longer be mixing of canon. So anybody who was upset that they would go on Star Tours and like, that's not cool because there was Darth Vader at the beginning and then, then we went to the Wookiee planet, which was the prequels. And, and, and then then we went to uh, a, a scene from from uh, the end of... I don't know. <laughs> so basically they have different scenes. There's Hoth and a Force Awakens scene on Jakku and there's the Wookiee planet, and then they have they had a scene with Darth Vader. They had a scene with just stormtroopers. Then you could have like Admiral Ackbar or Yoda or BB-8 or Leia at one point, and then you could have you know the battle the battle over uh, Coruscant, or you could have Boba Fett, or you know there just were different scenes. But people all some purists were upset that you know the canon was all mixed up and it just wasn't real. And apparently they, they took some of those complaints to heart or somebody at Walt Disney Imagineering actually cared. And what they've done is is made it canon. So if you go in, you will either get all stuff from the new, so from episode 7 to 9, or you will get, I guess, episodes 1 to 6. Any of those planets are fair game because they, they don't actually tie in directly to to the specific movies all of them could take place between four five and six i have not been on the ride yet since they did this new thing um i, I have heard that they replaced darth vader with another character which you could probably take a guess who it is um but yeah i'm, I'm excited to go on it and see what it looks like especially because i just want to see the new crate scene i've seen all the other scenes i always get really excited whenever i am on kashyyyk on the Wookiee planet, and the the once or twice that I've seen Admiral Ackbar, I was very excited as well. It, it it was nice. It was a new thing, and I think it's cool that they have the little mixing. I don't know with with making the strict canon like how much mixing will happen anymore. So, and I guess I would just have to write it a lot to report on that. But I haven't yet. But I thought I'd throw that out there. Also, there was an interview with Disney Insider with Mark Hamill. It was covering 40 years of heroism from Luke Skywalker. And in that article, he talks about Luke Skywalker and some, some thoughts about going to the dark side or not going to the dark side that I am not going to spoil because literally it's moratorium time for no more Last Jedi news. No more watching of Last Jedi trailers. No watching Last Jedi TV spots. Because I think I saw someone say that there was like over 15 of them. And that's ridiculous. And it, it brings me back to Ryan Johnson saying months ago. And, and Mark Hamill saying months ago. That if you want to avoid spoilers, avoid the media campaign. Because there was going to be so much that came out. And the last thing I saw was Luke on the Millennium Falcon. And I think I talked about it here on the podcast. If I didn't, sorry. Spoilers. But uh, I'm not. I'm not watching anymore. I'm the movie's coming out. I'm seeing it on opening night. I'm super excited by it. And yeah, so moratorium. No more talking about it. If you do, if you do want to see stuff, there. I and this isn't spoilers at all. But on Jimmy Kimmel Live, they actually had a lot of the cast from the Last Jedi on there with director Ryan Johnson. And and you can find videos of it online. Jimmy Kimmel Live has a YouTube page. Um, but the, those were delightful and spoiler free because that was the whole point that they wanted to put some content out without spoiling things. You know, there were some really great things I thought I wrote down because I watched the videos just and if there were spoilers, I was going to tell people not to watch them. But, you know, wholesome porgography, porg, 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 uh, 
Gwendolyn Christie talking about a Captain Phasma car briefly. How does Superman shave? A Chewbacca Christmas tree? I desperately want it. And then there was more. And it was just nice to see the entire cast and see how excited they are. See their faces. See Daisy Ridley look beautiful in her dress. And yeah, it, it, it was good. So you could watch that if you wanted some Last Jedi without spoilers. I, I On The Last Jedi, the, here's a spoiler for you. Uh, in South America, in Spanish, it's called Os Ultimos Jedi, which I think is such a metal title. I am so excited for Os Ultimos Jedi, and I probably butchered the pronunciation of that. I'm not a native Spanish speaker. I apologize. But the only other news to talk about is uh, Lucasfilm's Kathleen Kennedy teasing Star Wars for the next 10 years and story groups working on stories. She didn't announce anything more than that. She just was teasing. That, I mean, of course, Disney wants to make all the money. Star Wars makes all the money. So they're going to keep going with it. We'll probably get a movie every year. I hope they stick to that format. I don't want two movies in a year like Marvel. Just a movie a year is fine. I've heard rumors of a Boba Fett film. I've heard rumors of a Yoda film. I've heard rumors of a Jabba the Hutt film. What we know we're getting is Han Solo in May. Episode 9 will be the following year, December 2019. And then news of the of the Obi-Wan movie, which will be May or December. I think they should stick to the December because all the money is able to be made in December. But yeah, they there's going to be more movies. And then, of course, there's Ryan Johnson's trilogy that will be apart from the Luke, you know, the Skywalker saga. It'll be its own thing. So, yeah, lots of movies coming, friends. And hopefully that Job of the Hutt movie is them letting Guillermo del Toro finally do his Job of the Hutt movie. That would be really exciting. But, friends, that's that's all we have for for episode 69 of Laugh It Up Fuzzwall. Once again, another experiment of live to tape. I'm just going to finish this, save it, give it a title, and toss it up on the interwebs for all of you. It's officially Tuesday, so sorry I didn't get this up on Monday, but I'm, I'm sure you forgive me. At least it's it's getting up before Thursday, right, friends? All the stuff you expect. You know all the drill. LaughItUpFuzzball.net. Laugh it up fuzzball podcast at gmail.com, Facebook.com slash laugh it up fuzzball podcast, or the laugh it up fuzzballs group on Facebook. You can always find me on Instagram or Twitter at Wookie Riot. That's W O O K I E E R I O T. Always encourage you to comment, join the groups, give ratings on iTunes, you know, just stars or actual words, send emails. Get engaged with the geek community. Get engaged with all of us. There's a ton of ways to communicate if that's your thing. But just thanks for listening. Thank you for, for allowing me a place to talk about all the geekery. Um, I, I'm always willing to be your resident walking carpet of geekery if you will have me. May the force be with us all. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. It's 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 episode 69. The number that Bill and Ted that proved that they were Bill and Ted when they met their other the other future selves and this is a Wookiee from the past talking to a future you and the number that proves our geekery is level 69 of this podcast so party on dudes be excellent to each other may the force be with us all may the, I am one with the force the force is with me and I hope the same is for you TTFN Wookiee out